Welcome to the When God Calls podcast. I am your host, Michael McCaskill, public servant, lay servant, and cancer survivor. Each episode, you will hear motivational stories from people whose lives have been changed by serving others. Along the way, you'll get tips and strategies that you can use to become a more effective Christian. Thanks for listening. Now let the journey continue. If you would, go ahead and open us for a prayer, please, sir. Father, we thank you for this Sabbath, Lord, your special day for bringing us together, Lord, for your blessings and guidance through the week. Meet with us in this special time, Lord. <clears throat> Let us be attentive to your message, Lord. Let us be obedient to what you have for us in your will, Lord. Be with us in this service after, through the week, Lord. Visit us with your Holy Spirit. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Last week, if y'all remember, we talked a little bit about, or a lot about, unity and the fact that the Gentiles and the Jews were all brought together. You didn't have to go, Gentiles didn't have to become Jews to become, to, to get, uh, to be part of the promise that God gave through Jesus Christ. And we, we talked about the fact that that unity meant for all of us. It didn't matter what our nationality was, what our color was, what our anything, we're all, uh, we are all one in Christ Jesus. He came for all of us. Right at the end of that, uh, and that was in chapter 3, that was the beginning of chapter 3. Well, um, the end of chapter 3 is a prayer from Paul. This is actually his second prayer in Ephesians. Um, We'll go through the scripture here in just a second, but if you'll remember in chapter 3 when it opened, he opened with, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles. And then he goes into this aside, assuming that you know all these things. This prayer won't make sense unless you know all these things and remember all these things. So now we're getting into the prayer that he meant to say before he did his aside in the first part of chapter 3. So the scripture today um, is, again, the end of chapter 3. It's uh, chapter 3, 14 through 21. And it opens, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know his love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all, than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is in the work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So in his first prayer in Ephesians, uh, Paul uh, prayed that God would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation that they may know him and hope that uh, and hope that is in Christ because of his resurrection. So his first was 
I pray that you know Jesus. I pray that you know about him and who he is, and I pray that he prays that they get the wisdom that God will give them the wisdom through the Spirit, uh, Spirit of wisdom and revelation to open their eyes to know exactly who Jesus was. And in his second prayer, he's, he's praying for their spiritual strength. So he wanted them to know God, know Jesus in his first prayer. Now he's praying that they, um, now he's praying for their spiritual strength so that Christ will dwell on their hearts because of their faith, but also to comprehend the complete love of Christ. Now, we know that we can't comprehend everything about Christ. We can't comprehend everything about God, and He reveals to us what He wants us to know as He wants us to know it, which means as we are able to understand it. In His, from, from God knows when you're able to accept and understand what He wants you to know. We're all different. And I think he, I think we all come to those realizations at different times because we're all different in the spirit and we're different in Christ because we're different people. We're all different, made different. Paul opens his prayer with, for this reason, and he does this a lot in his writings, for this reason, for this reason. That means he's explained something prior <laughs> that he wants us to remember. And for this reason, I, I pray whatever it is he's going to pray. Uh what is the re- <clears throat> what is the reason here? Well, the reason here is that he's we are one in Christ. He just explained to us that we're all one in Christ. Jew, Gentile, black, white, whatever, we're all one in Christ. <clears throat> Pardon me. So for that reason, Paul kneeled before God. He said he uses this reference, I bow before Christ. My knee, I bow my knee before Christ. And, and sometimes we latch on to things like that and say, well, we have to pray, we have to kneel, or we have to be in a prostate position, prostrate position, not prostate. But that's not true. The Bible doesn't tell us that we have to be in a certain physical position to pray. Abraham stood when he talked to God in Genesis 18. Solomon stood in 1 Kings when he talked to God and we were praying for the temple. David sat. David sat and talked to God in First uh, First Chronicles. Jesus fell on his face in the garden uh, in Matthew twenty six. So it's not they all prayed differently. They all had different postures. But it's not about your physical body posture when you're praying. It's about our hearts and the posture of our hearts and the openness of our hearts when we pray. No matter what we're doing, we can sit, stand, lay down. It doesn't matter. If our hearts aren't open and our wills aren't open to what God wants to reveal to us or what God wants us to do or that our prayer is meaning something, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's not your physical. It's about your spiritual and your heart. You've got to be open to hear God, to experience God through Jesus Christ in order for that to happen. So it doesn't matter what physical state you're in, your heart and your will has to be prepared and be ready to accept God's response to your prayers, whether that's a response now, later, whether it's a different response than you expected. If your heart's not open and your will is not there for God, tell me and I'll accept. If you're not in that state, it doesn't matter uh, at all how you're praying because you're not ready to hear what God's going to say.
or, or reveal to you in life. He also prayed for us to, or them to comprehend the width, the length, the height, and the depth of Christ's love. Well, what does that mean? Well, in mathematics, some of us are teachers in here. Mathematics, how do you, how do you get the volume of something? Length, width, height of a, of a, of a rectangular square, a sphere. It's about the volume. How much can something hold? Yeah, I know. Math is a weird subject, but in this case, what, what he is describing is all of the measurements for volume. But he adds one more. So you, we all know that width, length, and height. Well, he also adds breadth or depth. Well, they mean the same thing, but it, well, his point here is to get the full, the full essence, the full knowledge of Christ's love, we have to get every angle. We have to get every length, width, height. We, he wants us to know everything. And he's praying for that because it's about Christ's love and through Christ's love that we are saved, that we are here on earth because we're here on earth to show the rest of the earth Christ. And we have to accept Christ to do that and know his love to do that. And to know his love, we have to know every facet of his love as much as we individually can know that. And what Paul's saying here is, I want you to know everything. I pray that the Spirit will reveal to you all of God, Christ's love, so that you know God better. But he concludes his prayer by giving glory to God through Jesus Christ, because Christ is our mediator. And he says in that last prayer, or in that end of that prayer, that... <coughs> He says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, immeasurably more, you can't measure it, you don't know this volume, more than all we ask and imagine or can imagine. So he wants you to know as much as you can. He wants you to have the full volume of Christ's love, all the while knowing that even if we have the, our full volume, what we know is our full volume, there's still so much, much more that we can't measure. That's how much God loves us. And that's how much... Christ loves us because He came and He supported our own sin. He support meaning He took our sin on His shoulder, every one of us, whoever was, who will ever be, and let man kill Him so that we could have salvation and we could love and, and be loved by God and, and, and love each other. So what Paul is in his prayer is saying, I want you to understand that I want God to reveal to you that Jesus loved you so much and God loved you so much that he allowed Jesus to come die for you, not because of him, but because of you so that you can have salvation with Christ Jesus. And he's setting the stage in this prayer for us to be unified in Christ as we move forward. He talks about being rooted in Christ, you know, it was funny. We at work this last week. We were talking about some some legislation that was coming out in the federal government, and it was vastly different now, like 180 degrees different. It's a different direction now than it was a year ago. Same person, same senator, two different bills, trying to do talk about the same subject, but at two completely different angles. And I got to thinking about tumbleweeds. <laughs> tumbleweeds 
will go anywhere the wind takes them because they have no roots. They're not rooted in something in the earth. So the wind's going to blow them around. Well, if we're not rooted in Jesus Christ, man is going to blow us around. We'll go with whatever we think it sounds great at the time, and we'll move. And, and Paul's praying that in our rootedness, we will accept Jesus' love and understand that that is where our spiritual life is all about. So we don't. He doesn't want us to be tumbleweeds. He wants us to be rooted in Christ, so that we gain in the knowledge through the Spirit of all of Christ's love and God's love for us. Another part of this that I, I want to convey to is many times when we pray, we pray physically, meaning, and 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 we do this naturally because we're human beings. We don't want anybody to suffer. So we pray for their, their well-being. We pray that God heals them or we pray that, um, you know, whatever affirmity they may have, God will intervene. And that's, that's great. We want God to intervene and make people comfortable on earth. But it's not about your earthly comfort. Paul's in prison. <laughs> he's not comfortable. In fact, he's probably got just enough to eat and drink to survive. And he's writing to the, the people at Ephesus because he loves them so much, because Jesus loves Paul. But he's praying for their spirit. If you notice in these prayers, he, he's not necessarily praying for their physical on-earth well-being. He's praying that they are ready to accept Jesus Christ and understand how much he loves them, so God, because God loves them also. It's not about them feeling good or feeling okay or getting better uh, physically. It's about their spiritual state. And a lot of times we forget about people's spiritual state as they're going, and as they're going through adversities, because that's when we tend to pray for folks is when they're in some issue on their, in, in their earthly journey. We pray that they get better. We pray that their, whatever sickness is healed or whatever thing is bothering them goes away. And we stop short of praying for their spiritual blessings and the fact that Jesus loves them and we want them to spiritually be whole and better. I do it constantly and I have to remind myself and this actual lesson reminded me that it's, we want God to intervene on, with us on earth. There's no doubt. But it's more important that our spiritual life be solid and rooted so that we know when this adversity on earth is over, whatever we're going through, however long we're here, we're going to live with God in heaven because of Jesus Christ. And that is what we should be praying for for each other, is that we understand spiritually that that's what it's all about, that we want spiritually to know Jesus Christ so that we can live forever with God after this trial run, this mess we live in on earth is over because it's all about where we're, where we're headed, not where we are today. And we get hung up in the day-to-day. I do. I get, frust- <laughs> I get frustrated, and I forget about somebody's well-being, and I just want them to quit or leave me alone or get out of my sight. or You know, we get, we're human. We get that way. But sometimes, somewhere in there, if we're praying properly, God reveals to us that, hey, I love them too just like I love you. There are no favorites. You are all my favorite. And I want you to work together so that you guys can be rooted together in Christ. 
so that when you die on earth, your spirit, you will be with me in heaven. That's what it's all about. So I, I, I think the takeaway for me, at least today, is pray for the spiritual wholeness of each other. Help each other physically. When people need help, help them. Pray for them to get better, but more importantly, pray for them spiritually to grow in the knowledge that Jesus Christ came for them and that we're all in this together so that we can all be with God in heaven one day. Any thoughts? That was five or six verses uh, verses of a chapter that to me said a lot when you dig in underneath the covers of what Paul that's the passion Paul had for people. The passion he had for the Ephesians, the church he started there, while he's in prison, is remarkable to me. And I would love to have Paul's passion for people. But he had such a passion that he wanted them spiritually to be, the, to be okay, much more so than physically. And he was literally doing that while in prison. He was worried about, you know, because it's easy to say that when you're praying for the people that are good to you. Yeah. And I think that's that's always a challenge to me that it's, you know, it's easy to pray for those that are good to you. It's so much harder when you're trying to sit there and pray for those that have caused you so much grief and pain. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, that's what I tell Hannah a lot, and I've told the kids that that's love. And if you love somebody, you don't decide where the love stops, you know. And where the praying stops. And so that's always a challenge to me. Like you said, you know, you want some people out of your life, but you're praying for souls, you know. And that's what we have to remember. I prayed for Putin this week. I didn't mean it. (laughs) (laughs) I I felt convicted by it. I thought, well, you know, help me. (laughs) You know, and I've thought of that before, honestly, seriously, like, you know, it's hard to pray for people like him. But you know, God looks at it like one more. <clears throat> but I thought, what if He did? What if, what if He got salvation and stood before the world and said, <laughs> "You got to remember that God has always rose or brought up <clears throat> evil to punish the people of God for not doing what they're supposed to do." So then you have to say, "Is he, is He?" The mechanism of evil. I mean, you know, Pharaoh. Whenever the time. I read this morning. He kept saying, "I'm going to harden his heart. It ain't gonna work." See, Pharaoh was uh, was God brought him about for one reason, and that was to do what he did with the children of Israel. So you know, who's to say that chosen one? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to be that chosen one. Those, that goes back to we have no control over anything except us. Individually, we have control over what we do and how we handle life and how we look to God. If we are truly in Jesus Christ, and I am probably one of the worst in this room, if we are truly in Jesus Christ, full-on focused full volume of His love, you understand it, you're going to leave to God the things that are God's, and you're going to take care of the things that God has given you to take care of. Our life examples 
or what we should be living so that others want to live like us in the right way through Jesus' love, which means we pray for Putin. We pray for pay pray for pay we pray for Pharaoh. Those folks that are like Pharaoh. Because we don't know what's at work in their life, because all we know is what we are supposed to be doing. And we can only control that. So we but we pray for them. We pray that God intervenes in their lives spiritually so that that they see whatever the error in their way is. We know what we see physically, but we don't know what's going on internally. So we let God handle what's God's and we let we handle what God gives us to handle. That's what you're saying. And and, and that's what Paul say. You started that whole thing by saying in him. Not about him, but being in him. Right. We have that to. we could be there. Yeah. That we love him. And our goal should be no matter who they are, those folks that I want out of my life. My prayer should be that they're, they, we are all united in heaven. Any other thoughts? Okay. All right, I'll close this for prayer. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who without him, well, we would have no hope. Thank you for revealing in us what you want us to know. Father, I pray that spiritually we will grow in Jesus Christ, that we will grow every day, learning more and more about his vast love, that immeasurable love that we can never comprehend the completeness of, but that we comprehend what we can comprehend and know that he loves us so much that he came. Let man kill him so that we could live with you forever in heaven. Father, I pray as we go through the next week that we show that love to anybody around us. We live our lives exemplifying that love to all those around us. And I pray that we pray in the way you taught us, that we pray for people, their spirituality, their their spiritual well-being, and ask you to intervene as as your will allows for that intervention. Father, thank you again for those that are here and thank you for this beautiful day that you gave us to worship you. This I ask in Christ's most precious name. Amen.